Welcome to the Jazz Notes Podcast. I am your host, James Stratton, and tonight we're going to go over the game between the Utah Jazz that are 19-5 and and the visiting Boston Celtics, who are 12-10. and We are um, also coming back from a three-game road trip that was kind of to the East Coast, so it's good to see the Utah Jazz back at their home court. And it was also, you know, good for me to sit down and take notes of a basketball game because uh, last game I actually recorded it, enjoyed it, didn't focus on writing notes, I didn't even really focus much on anything, you know, uh, as far as writing things down. I just enjoyed the game as a fan and I'm sorry that I didn't take notes and do a podcast. I was just a little bit busy that day with work and then the Super Bowl right after, so I'm sorry, you can give me a break, right? But if it's on any condolation prize, or consolation prize, condolation, what's condolation? Uh, yeah, uh, I missed you, I hope you missed me too, in fact, I, I know you did, I got a few texts about it, or not texts, but direct messages, whatever it is on Instagrams, so uh, tonight is another TNT broadcast, those were the always fun ones, and uh, C- TNT sat and praised how amazing and wonderful that the New Orleans Pelicans are. Because they're just the greatest team that has ever set foot now that they're winning. You know, Zion Williamson is the six foot six Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> it's so stupid. And then they start to blast the Jazz for not doing anything yet to get praise. Keep sleeping, you asshats. Sorry, I had to get that off my chest. So that's pretty much what uh, was going on. It's a different TNT crew, too. I didn't recognize anybody except for Shaq. Oh, I know, Dwayne Wade. But anyways, so it was kind of weird to see. I don't know what's going on. If they're doing some kind of sweat special, they're giving uh, Chuck some time off or something, and Kenny the Jet, and Ernie. So, uh, yeah, whatever. Um, so... Before we get into it, I did actually do some rankings updates. Uh, what I ended up doing was taking a whole bunch of uh, like NBA.com, ESPN, uh, 538. Um, I went through all their like power rankings and I combined them into like this mathematical algorithm because I had way too much time on Monday, um, seeing how I don't work on Mondays. And combined everything and did like this average of uh all of them inputted and the jazz ended up being number two spoiler alert if you haven't seen with the lakers being number one so i think it was a pretty well-rounded um well-rounded rankings as far as uh you know this far into the season i mean i still do believe that we're number two until we uh, beat the Lakers or we just get this commanding win-loss lead onto them. I think we are number two until we can just upend them. So without further ado, let's get into the game. Uh, Jack from Hard Hitting Podcast, we were supposed to do this podcast together, but um, <laughs> it's like 1.30 in the morning right now for him, so it's probably a good thing we didn't get into it. And, uh, so we can get some sleep before work tomorrow. Well, I still have work tomorrow, so, um, I'll get this knocked out, posted and go to bed as well. So sorry, Jack already for the game. You probably already know the score anyways, but yeah, let's get into it. So first of all, Conley is out of this game again. Joe Ingles is starting in his place. So, um, the jazz are off 
at the start of the game, they're missing their first five shots, and they had a b- multiple second chance buckets on top of that. But on the Celtic sides, Jalen Brown is just red hot with three straight three pointers, like all wide open, and the Jazz not really learning to cover this dude who Jack says is the MVP of their team so far. If you look into the quarter way into the season, uh, that podcast, and also we're kind of texting the game before he t- decided to nod off at ha- halftime, I'm, I'm guessing, because uh, we didn't talk after that. Maybe, hopefully, he wasn't too mad. Uh, <laughs> the Jazz finally gets started. Uh, thanks to Mitchell just driving and getting tough buckets, it was just hard for the Jazz to get a really good open shot because the Celtics defense was just very smothering and was making the Jazz very uncomfortable early. The threes are now dropping on both sides. Almost all, of, if if anything, all of them are like uncontested and we're just throwing them up and it's just very sloppy defense early from the Jazz overall. They're allowing the Celtics get, to get all the space they, space they want so far and halfway through Celtics are up 17 to 13. It was a little bit worse at one point jazz just need to settle down on defense and take the energy out of the celtics early in their early offensive game so far it's just way too energetic for what the jazz are liking especially coming from a team that were their fifth game on a road trip and they haven't fared too well i know they're hoping more but then again jalen brown was out for those games and this is really his first game back for a little bit and it's really impressive so far that he didn't really miss a step Finally, feeding Gobert uh, on the shorter team. Um, it, we tried to get him fed early, but again, the Celtics' aggressiveness was really there, but now he's getting the ball and he's finishing strong on top of that. So the Jazz are down 27-24. to 24. Better defense at the end. I thought it was going to be a lot higher scoring game. I mean, we held them to only 10 points in that last half of the quarter uh, in respect to their 17 in the first. So we did button up a little bit on the defensive end. Could be a little bit better, especially that beginning point. Um, But, you know, what can we do? Um, Like to see the teams keep uh, the other team below 25 points per quarter. Because mainly... I think defense wins the games for us. I mean, it really starts our offensive ends. So let's get into the second quarter. The Jazz are committing way too many turnovers this little sweat stretch. Every time we get to spot stop, we just can't capitalize. Defense has definitely packed, picked it up, packed it up, picked it up. Well, kind of both on the defensive end, contesting Boston shots, uh, just any the shots that they're pretty much wanting to take that first first part of the first quarter we're we're really covering down and contesting them now and halfway up the Celtics are only up 34 to 33 we we got the lead a little bit before this uh so it's good to see the Jazz getting back into this game it's a it's a Donovan Mitchell Jalen Brown game at this point. It's it's really the only constant offense on both sides. Uh, they're really picking up the team slack. Uh, nothing's really hitting, especially this quarter. I mean, just both defenses are playing very good, uh, and that's what Jack was saying. He was expecting a very defensive game. So after that first quarter, we we're pretty surprised of how wide open this game was getting at the beginning. Celtics are starting to sleep on the Jazz on the offensive end because their aggressiveness has sure gone away. 
Gobert has really shown up on both ends of the court, especially on the defensive end. It's just, it, I just always love it when I see uh, any player driving to the basket and they see Rudy and they're like, no, I'm going to turn around. And uh, <laughs> I mean, I know Walker did it a few times. Kimba Walker did it a few times. And I just love it. Um, and after a lot of missed opportunities, the Jazz are only up 80 or 48 to 47. So, I mean, so so far so good. I mean, uh, we we only allowed 20 points, so definitely stepped up our defensive aggressiveness. And we only scored 24, so, I mean, we're still not hitting our shots at this point. We didn't start the game too well, uh, but neither did the Celtics either. So, kind of understandable that the game is very close. Um I think this is about the time that me and Jack start, stopped talking, and he's he gave his prediction. It was a very he thought it was going to be a very close Jazz win at the end, and I said that you know I I can see it go both ways. Um, I I thought personally I thought it was going to be you know the Jazz running it away within in the second half or uh, a close game either way. That was kind of my feelings of how I saw the game so far. So let's see what the halftime crew has to say. So Shaq thinks he's the reason the Jazz are playing good, of course. And man, just what a lie. He is not the reason. They were playing good before he spouted out his big mouth that uh, Donovan wasn't good enough. And I mean, some truths are in there. Yes, he is not like a superstar. Like if you're trying to compare him to LeBron James, that's fair criticism. But that's like a stupid criticism to make. Um, but he is he is the leader of our team, and he's really showing it. And I mean, Rudy and and Mitchell, their their chemistry is so much better than it was last year, even before the whole COVID thing happened and the whole rumors that one of them's going to get traded and whatnot. Um, so it's just in testament of just being able to put the past beside. You know, does this really matter now? Something that Shaq and Anthony Hardway or Penny Hardway wasn't able to do with the Magic. Right, or Shaq and Kobe, they weren't able to repair anything because the Jazz just don't have, uh, you know, any egos. They don't, they don't. I mean, there's probably a little bit of ego, but I mean, it's kind of understandable with you know, back when Gobert got COVID and gave it gave it to Mitchell or suspected give it gave it to Mitchell. Uh, I mean. No one knew anything about this virus. So it's understandable how he could be upset, but after this has kind of played out and saying, you know, at our age group, it probably wasn't so serious as we thought it could have been. And and again, who know they we didn't know too much at that point. I can see why there's kind of some chemistry issues at the beginning or at that point. But they put the past beside them. They talked about it and they moved on. And boy, boy, have they moved on. I'm telling you what. I tell you what, you know, like uh, Hank Hill, probably too old for some people. So anyways, let's go into uh, quarter three. So fouls plenty so far this quarter. I think the first few points were on the free throw line. And uh, also Bogey is just much more control on the inside of this part of the season. That was one of my big criticisms at the early part that he'd drive and just seemed like he was being a little overcautious on his right hand where he had surgery. And he turn over the ball a lot, and it's just really good to see him just really making his post moves, 
being able to uh, just control a lot better when he gets inside. And then there was a beautiful, beautiful four-point play from Mitchell over Trenton Thompson. And I mean, if I had to give an F note to the game for you guys over there in Celtics Nation, Tristan Thompson was your F note. I mean, that guy got dunked on by Bogey. <laughs> I just, um, but I mean, after that four-point play, we're just really trying to pull away from the Celtics at this point. Defense is vastly improved from the first quarter start for the Jazz. Uh, and Mitchell is really like playing for the crowd at this point. I think he makes another three and he's like just yelling at the crowd to get louder for the 4,000 that are there already. And it, it honestly sounds pretty loud so far. So, excuse me. Um, and every time that bogey falls hard to the floor, I always like wince for his wrist. I'm like, Ugh, you know, and hopefully nothing gets bad. But man, he just had a monster dunk on uh, on Tristan Thompson that first half. And uh, he tries to do it again and just gets it gets hammered by Thice. Um, or Tice, or however you say, say his name. Uh, now, now you can correct me. <laughs> Halfway through the the third quarter, the Jazz are up seventy to fifty eight, so we're kind of pulling away. And now it just gets to back and forth scoring on both sides. Celtics can't catch up. Jazz can't break away. Um, the Jazz are doing very well on offensive boards, and they're actually flustering the Celtics at this point. Clarkson is off his game behind the three-pointer, and at, at like two three-pointers in a row, the Celtics team would like close in on him when he was wide open, just knowing that he ain't going to make it. And, I mean, <clears throat> two four-point plays this quarter. I think that's like the first time this season. And this time it was by Clarkson after I criticized him. I mean, maybe I shouldn't have waited so long to criticize him because then I get proven wrong. <laughs> uh and now at this point, every time Tatum goes to the paint, he gets a foul call on him. It's like three times in a row now. <laughs> and it was after Tatum, uh, he did this. He he uh, believed he got fouled and the refs didn't call it. And then he turns around to the ref that was supposed to look in the lane and puts like goggles on like, man, he is so lucky to get a T on that. And then after that, they're like, foul, 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 calling fouls. I'm not saying that that changed their minds. I doubt it did. But I think, I mean, overall, on both sides, there's a lot of foul calls. And I just hate that because it just slows the game so far. And it's already a late game and I want to go to bed. And here I am talking to you, right? After missing his first six, uh, Clarkson gets back to back threes. So first six threes he missed, he gets back to back three pointers. And after three, the Jazz are up 70 or sorry, 90 to 79. So pretty big scoring third quarter after a slow defensive start um, on, on the Jazz giving Celtics kind of problems. They kind of catch fire too. Um, the Jazz score 42 and we allow 32 points. Kind of don't like to see. And they scored over the 75 points. I hate when they do that because we're perfect. Whenever, whenever we hold a team under 75, we haven't lost a game yet. Quarter four. Um, after like no whistles in the first half, it seems like you can't go on one end of the court without the whistle. I mean, I'm not saying it's Boston end or the Jazz end. It's just both ends of the court. It's like a whistle. It's a foul. It's a foul. It's a foul. It's a foul. And this game is just stopping way too much for foul calls. And it just feels so long so far. I'm like looking at the quarter. I'm like, it's only nine minutes into the 
fourth quarter right now. It feels like it's almost the end of the game. And at this point, the both teams are still trading baskets. Jazz are now like starting not playing their offensive defensive sets. They're letting the Celtics slowly claw back into the game. And the Jazz just need to capitalize on their defensive stops. They've gotten cold on the offensive end again. Or they're just turning it over, making stupid, stupid, stupid plays. Um, yeah. So they they also just seem so uncommitted on the offensive end. They're struggling to play their game, and they just seem very hesitant at this point. It just seems like no one wanted to step up at this point. And it was just kind of odd to see because, you know, it was <laughs> it was like a little too unselfish. Uh, halfway, the Jazz are up 101 to 97. And just too many missed opportunities to put this game away again. Just too many. Um, we're taking bad shots at a time. And we're just letting the Celtics hang in at this point. I mean, uh, <laughs> I think there's one where Clarkson shoots it and tries to get a tries to get a, a foul. Uh, no, that was that was Donovan, and it, just no way they were gonna foul him. But that's one of my pet pieces when you're shooting to try to get a foul. It's like, nah, just make your shot. Jingles is starting to get huge into this game, and he's hitting big shots when he's needed. He's overall not shooting very well so far this this game, but I mean, he he hits the big shots when they're really really needed. So that's good to see. And but Mitchell is the king of this game for the Jazz. He is having everything ran through him at this point of the quarter he's making big shots he's giving great assists he gives two in a row to rudy at the very end and rudy gets these two huge dunks and it really just pads his stats of fires assists because apparently donovan can't get assists that was the complaint last time from tnt crew um jazz do finally find a way to be able to pull away from this game. It was kind of like the last two minutes. And it's all thanks to a very impressive play by Spida. Um, Jazz win a big one. This is a very big one. It's a good Eastern Conference team um, that was very, you know, until Jalen Brown got hurt, was climbing up in the rankings. And I expect them to climb up again. So I think further into the season, we'll look back into this game like, nah, this was pretty big. Um, we win 122-108. to 108. We score 32 points and allow 28 points that quarter. So, very, very good. <laughs> but let's get into the post-game interview. Donovan Mitchell gets interviewed again, and I'm like, oh, great. But they didn't allow the TNT crew to interview. They allowed the game, uh, the play-by-play announcers and the color commentators, or the analysts, I guess that's what they call them now, Um they allow him to interview it, and of course, they're just talking about how what's what's so different about this team. You know, being able to win 15, I think we're at 15, 14, 16 of the last 17 games. Is that where we're at now? Yeah, 16 of the last 17 games we've won. And they just asked about it, and he talked about their just um, eye-opening to the Denver loss, and then uh, further just learning from the Denver loss. I mean, they didn't really do anything bad, that Denver loss. They just were... They were just red hot Denver, just red hot, and there was no way that the Jazz were gonna win this, win that game with them being that hot. I mean, they played pretty good defense. They're just hitting their open shots, and it was just really hard for the Jazz to win. So it was really good for Donovan to step up and go into it. And then uh, we get into the actual TNT part. They talk about 
they all they talk about is the Celtics, and I think I know why. It's just to get to Shaq, not to talk about the Lake or the Jazz in any way. Of course, he's like, "Oh, it's thank, thank you, thank you're you're welcome, you're welcome, you know, you're welcome for the kick in the pants." He, he didn't need the kick in the pants; he was already good. You know, you just didn't watch a Jazz game until this is probably your second Jazz game you watched all season. So, you know, spare me, spare me your your intellect on this part because you didn't have any. Um, but he does finally admit that Mitchell did really real step ups in the game. But then again, he thought it was all thanks to him, which is just a complete lie. But whatever. Um, let's get into the stats of the game before I get too bitter and just go on a tirade again. Um, but I like to. I don't know if you guys like to. Sorry, I have to move my cat. He keeps on rubbing on me. Now I have cat hair over me. Cat! All right. <laughs> Anyways. So, he doesn't really come down here when I record either, so this is kind of odd to see. So, uh, field goal percentage, uh, 48%. Uh, I'd like to see him above 50, but we score under there. Uh, we scored just below the 40% mark I'd like to see on three-pointers at 38%. We out-rebound 41 to 35. We allowed 10 offensive boards, and a lot of it was during that second half and you know it's kind of just getting lazy at some points and not really crashing the boards we get 20 assists to 40 field goals that's a 70 percent ratio very very good very good and i was talk, talking to uh jack about that as well as like man both these teams i think both of them got really good assists to uh field goal uh oh no it looks like the the celtics ended up going below 50 percent. sorry uh, but during that first quarter, uh, they're like both at 80%. So both teams were just really distributing the ball well. And what I love the most is the Jazz only do 11 turnovers. And a lot of them were offensive fouls. I think like four of them. So it's really good to see that, you know, the Jazz have really nipped the turnover bug this game. I think there's one point I think uh, the TNT commentator said it. Uh, in the third quarter, is like three minutes left, and that's when we got our first uh, turnover of the half. So it's really good to see. Now let's get into uh, when we allow uh, teams certain points and what our record is. So that first quarter, we allowed just above 25 points. Now we're 8-3. and three. We allowed less than 50 going into halftime. Now we're 14-1. and one. And then we allow more than 75 points going into the four, or fourth quarter. We're 10 and 5 now. And we allowed more than 100 points at the end of the game. We're 12 and 5 now. So it's really good to see that when teams are scoring, we are buckling down and scoring more. I mean, just like, you know, Madden say on uh, NFL games, you know, the winning team's going to have more points on the scoreboard. So good for the Jazz, right? Yeah. <laughs> so again, I'm sorry I missed last game. Um, loved this game. It was a very good, gritty win against a very good team. And I'm not just saying that because I know a Celtics fan is going to listen to this podcast. It's true. Uh, Celtics team is coming up. I mean, if it was a Jalen Brownless game, I think this game would have gone a completely different direction because Jalen Brown was pretty much the rock at the beginning. Tatum wasn't even anywhere around at the end so very good to see us really pull out a gritty win because sometimes you just can't blow out every game and we need a test of how how much uh 
tenacity we have and resilience that we have during the game. And I think we shot, we've shown it today. So let's get into the rest of the league, the scores, all of that. Pistons beat the Nets, uh, 122 to 111. Before I criticize them, let me double check that they ain't resting people again. Kyrie Irving played. I don't think uh, Kevin Durant's the only one who didn't play because I don't think he can play till Friday. So Harden and Irvin played. So, I mean, they had their two stars. This is your big three? Yeah. I can't really say that because Durant didn't play. Uh, anyway, so the the Heat squeaked by the, the Knicks, 98-96. to um, The Pelicans, I saw that game at the beginning. Uh, they really just... It was kind of like this game where the Rockets really wouldn't go away. They'd stay like 15 to 10 points behind the whole game. And at the very end, the Pelicans just ran away with it, 130 to 101. It was actually a lot closer game until the very end. The Warriors beat the Spurs 114 to 91. And what about all those Curry credits at the beginning? I'm just, he is carrying this team. So uh, Dark Horse MVP, maybe. Um, the Trailblazers beat the Mav- Magic, not Mavericks, uh, 106-97. And the 76ers get back, back past the Kings late, 119-111. to Ooh, excuse me, 119-111. So, let's get into standings. I didn't do this last time, and I apologize. I apologize for any triggering whatnot that I might have caused. Um, sorry, I'm looking how much time I have. I have, oh, I'm actually pretty low. I thought I was going to go over like 40 minutes this podcast, and right now I'm only at like 20. So let's get back into my notes of the game. So let's get in the standings, which it won't let me load because the Jazz are number one, and they don't want me to see it. Come on, ESPN app. Why don't you work when I need you to work? Damn it. (laughs) I am so tired right now, too, so it doesn't help. Standings. All right. So let's get in the Eastern Conference. We haven't done this for a while, so the standings have shifted a little bit. Your 1-2-3 punch is Philadelphia, Milwaukee, and Brooklyn with uh, Philly and Milwaukee kind of in that top tier right now. Boston dropped down to number four. Well, they were still at number four before this game. Indiana, Charlotte, Atlanta, Toronto, New York, and Miami round up your top ten with Cleveland, and Chicago just a half game behind those uh, behind Cleveland or behind Miami. Sorry. And then let's get into the Western Conference. The Jazz are number one. Number one. Not number two or three, right? Well, yeah. Um, so the Jazz are twenty and five. The last time they were this good, they got it was uh, I think they said ninety seven. Uh, 96-97 when we went to the finals. So very good to see. Los Angeles is a game behind us. Um, and they almost lost last night. I was really hoping it would be two games ahead. But we're starting to pull away from the Clippers. There's three behind us with Phoenix, Portland, San Antonio, Denver, Golden State, all within two games of each other. And Sacramento, New Orleans, and Memphis. Uh, New Orleans and Memphis are tied for 10. Um, so it's really good to see us really start pulling away from the pack. The big one I would like to see is winning the division. That guarantees us a home, um, a home stand at first. We're six games ahead of the of Portland right now, not the Nuggets, Portland. So it's really good to see right now. And before I forget, I actually forgot to talk about the notes of the game, right? I just totally skipped over it. 
that would have been a disaster. Um, someone just texted me right now saying that somebody got another stat that I thought they didn't. So let me look at that before I get in there. But I was pretty sure because I was looking at the stats before. Mm -hmm. No, three. So uh, let's get into the notes of the game. The F note is the worst player of the game. Uh, not necessarily saying they sunk it up, just expecting more. And ABC note, it's like our three stars of the hockey with one star, which is our A note, that best player of the game, all the way to C, which is our third. So F note of the game is George Niang again. Two points on one of three shooting, uh, two rebounds at 15 minutes. Just uh, We need more from him. We, we definitely need more from him, especially when he was showing a little bit of frustration that we have such a log jam at the power forward forward position or small forward position saying, oh, I guess I have to hit every shot. We'll hit every shot then. That's what I want to see. <laughs> Not every shot, but whatever. I'd like Royce O'Neal hit every shot, you know. Uh, Sino of the game goes to Boyan Bodnanovic, uh, 16 points, eight rebounds, four assists, two steals, plus and minus positive 14 points. Almost gave it to, uh, Niang, but I think overall bogey just got better stats. Um, just really contributed a lot in this game. And it's really good to see him crashing the boards. Maybe it's because of his whole wrist issue that he feels a little bit more confident now. Be known of the game is our Rudy Gobert, Stifle Tower, 18 points, 12 rebounds, 3 assists, 3 blocks, plus minus a positive 23. Uh, I just got tested that he got 4 blocks this game. Someone tried to correct me. So let me go in the NBA.com uh, official stats because those are the ones I don't think. I think ESPN just uses an algorithm, whatever, however you say that, that pretty much uh, just goes into Yes, or uh, NBA and just copies whatever the numbers get put on. Uh, all right, so Rudy Gobert only says three blocks. So I guess I have to talk to that guy and correct him. Anyways. Oh, where was I? Oh, right. <laughs> he noted the game. Donovan Mitchell, of course. Why? Who else would it be? 36 points, nine assists, four rebounds. Two blocks, one steal, plus and minus positive 13. Just an overall beast this game. And just love to see it. Just just love to see it. And uh, and I was talking to some people online. Uh, we kind of have like a sports podcast group chat that we all talk about. And everyone's debating whether or not the Jazz are for real. So I'm like really the only podcast that covers a sole team, really. So, you know, I had to step in and kind of defend us. And I'm like, yeah, I can see where you guys are coming from, uh, kind of having those doubts about the Jazz. But I say, you know, just just hold what your thoughts are about the Jazz until we finish out this half of the season. Because during this half of the season, we played the 76ers twice, the Clippers twice at, at their place, and we played the Lakers at home. And I believe there's one other tough game we play. No, that's pretty much it as far as above 500, like really good contending teams. So we play the number one team in the East twice, the number two, you know, technically number three team in the West twice, and the number one team or number two team in the West uh, right now uh, once. And I said after that second Philadelphia 76ers game, you know, and that's the, that's the last game of this half, we can really gauge where this team is. And I said, 
if they're still in one or two after that, you have to say that these guys are, are at least in the Clippers league. Cause right now they're still, they're still saying that they're not in the Clippers or Lakers league, even though we beat the Clippers so far this year. I don't get that. I don't get that. They probably just don't know. So, I mean, if we beat the Clippers two more times or even one in one split, you got to, you got to count us in that conversation. Um, so anyways, just look forward to that. Um, our next game, I don't think it is until Friday and we play, let's see, who do we play? I'm sorry. I don't have this up. I'm such a bad, I am a bad podcaster. Sometimes <laughs> we play the bucks at home. So yeah, that's another team. And so we, we played the bucks, we play the heat next and the heat, you know, are starting to catch fire with Jimmy Butler back. So we can't sleep on them at, at either. So with the Bucks coming into town on Friday, and then we turn around and play the Heat the next day, uh, 24 hours later, both at home, um, we could really gauge ourselves going into that Clippers game, you know, with us playing the 76ers right after. So, yeah, until then, um, go ahead and brag to everybody how good the, the Jazz are uh, anywhere you want to, <laughs> really. Uh, and we don't. Yeah, we won't see you till Friday, so two nights off. And as always, go Jazz.